show you? Hello again, ghosts and ghouls. This past year has been an absolute horror show, but don't worry, everything has to come to an end sometime including our disastrous attempt at getting ourselves ready for this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm Jackie DeVore, and this is Sirens of Scream. I'll be your host today, along with my truly incredible co-host, Sierra Halk. Hello. Blue Coble. Hi. And Melissa Meekin. Hello. It's a little difficult to look back at 2020 with rose-colored glasses, but we're here to show you the bloody lining. Mm-hmm. Here comes our 2020 end-of-year wrap-up. Uh, we're going to start with a little heart-to-heart session here and see what everybody's been doing this past year. What's been accomplished, learned, experienced. Sierra, let's start with you. Oh, it feels like I've been living the same day over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra's Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm, exactly. My Groundhog Day over here has uh, been every morning we go out, the dogs and I, we go and we feed the birds. And I sit and drink coffee for at least 10 minutes outside and and watch the birds and then I just work and then it gets dark really early and then I go to sleep and I repeat it and it's going fine (laughs) honestly sounds kind of (laughs) delightful yeah it's all things considered I have it pretty good (laughs) like in the time of a pandemic that does sound kind of chill so I'm a bit jealous there (laughs) (laughs) Melissa we haven't heard from you in quite a while what's going on there (laughs) I haven't heard from me in quite a while, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been a crazy year for me. I've been trying to survive, you know. uh, School was shut down. I have an an eight-year-old at home now. um, And, yeah, school has been like, we're having school, we're not having school. We're having school, we're not having school. Um, And it changes, like, the night before sometimes. Oh, my God. Which then... You know, then my work schedule is has to be completely switched, and um, it's just been chaotic—a chaotic year of trying to run a business with uh, an unpredictable school schedule and COVID, and you know everything at work changed because of COVID for me. Yeah, you don't really work in the kind of business that you can avoid the public. So yeah, no, I'm like inches away from people's face, so I have to yeah. be super careful and like spray everything with disinfectant constantly and. I had to completely change the way I schedule my whole day. So, yeah, it's just been a crazy, it's been a really crazy year. But, um, you know, the good thing is I have been enjoying having extra time with my family. Um, It's weird, I think, to realize how little time you spend at home with your family until you're forced to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've been having a lot of fun doing just simple things like going for walks together and playing games together, pulling out board games we haven't touched in a few years and just trying to enjoy each other's company more, so... Nice. Yeah. Blue, how about you? Uh, On a personal level, I started a new job with a new amazing company, Uh, bought a house with my husband. Yay! Yeah. Lost lost my soul dog this year. Um, But in in the horror realm, I sort of like air quote attended uh, the Phoenix Fear Con. Uh, It's definitely cool that a lot of places are having a lot of things like this available on a virtual level. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate that the con was also running from October 16th to December 30th, so you don't have to sit down in, like, one weekend. And Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it was it's great because, you know, they show so many movies, and, you know, sometimes when you go to those cons, you're just like, holy fuck, man, 16 hours of horror flicks is amazing, but goddamn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's training. <laughs> yeah, but they announce winners on um, December 31st, and it's just really, like, I really appreciate that they have that sort of a platform now 
Um, I kind of hope that as we move forward and out of the COVID area, that they sort of keep a lot of this kind of stuff just to make it accessible for people who can't fly out or whatever for an entire week or weekend. Mm -hmm. But it was good. It was really good. What about you, Jax? We're about to move across the country to Colorado. So um, we're getting a lot of things ready over here for that. Uh, we actually got our car stolen on Thanksgiving morning. Oh my while, God. While trying to get everything oh no. together. Here. So that was like hectic as fuck. And I think the ghost in our house is mad that we're leaving. <laughs> you stirring shit up. Yep. <laughs> it's getting a little weird, guys. Oh, no. You've like, been enjoying your great Halloween exhibits every year, you know? Yeah, it's it's a bit worse than that, though. Um, What's going on? So the house has always had this, like, weird feeling to it. It's a 100-year-old house. It actually just turned 100 this year. And there's always been these weird, like scratching and chewing and scattering noises in the attic and they're like they're big noises it's not like the sound of a rat or something it's it's something big <laughs> over the years i've woken drew up so many times to go and look in the attic because i i don't go in the attic and this pretty much only happens when i'm alone hmm. every single time he goes up there he's like there's nothing there I'm like there's got to be something i just heard chewing it was like just there he's like <laughs> There's literally nothing there. There's no drops. There's nothing scratched. There's nothing chewed. There is nothing in the attic. I'm like, there's fucking something there. <laughs> so <laughs> lately, though, it's been getting louder and more often. And there will be like, like stomps, like, <gasps> like oh something God. was dropped or stomped. Yeah, it's pissed. Yeah. And, you know, still Drew will tell me over and over again, there's nothing there. So a, a couple weeks ago, I just sat here for about, 10, 15 minutes and recorded the noise of scratching and chewing <laughs> above my head. And when he got up, I played it for him like, I am not crazy. This is happening. <laughs> and there's also been like this lingering presence that somebody's always kind of watching me in the background here in this house. And Ew. like at first it kind of spooked me out a little bit and then I got used to it. But lately it has been oppressively strong. Hmm. And it's like freaking me out to the point where I'm like, closing doors just to be isolated when I'm by myself like completely isolated so I know exactly where corners are and nothing is hiding you know I'm gonna find a YouTube channel one day where it's just you like making coffee right yeah <laughs> that's gonna happen <laughs> like from from obviously like the core upper corner ceiling like it's just you making coffee and I'm gonna be like Jack I found it <laughs> yeah. and I'm not even gonna freak out I'm gonna be like yeah that's, that seems about right <laughs> I feel like that if we found that, you'd be like, okay, I am validated. Let's move on. Right? <laughs> so my friend Martha says that I should leave it an offering. So I'm going to... I was just going to say. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to make some, or maybe tonight, I don't know. Either tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to make some uh, Christmas cookies. We're recording on Christmas Eve, by the way, just for the context there. Yes. Spooky Christmas Eve, everyone. <laughs> so I'm going to put a cookie up there for it. I'm going to decorate a cookie on dice and I'm going to put it in the attic for whatever lives there. You should write a note too. Like, like, hey, how's it going? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, telling another friend this uh, the other day and her response was, what are you going to do if there's bite marks in the cookie? And I just suddenly realized I'm not emotionally prepared to handle that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what kind of bite marks do you mean? Like human bite taken out or little mouse bites taken out? I know. If there are animals in your attic, they will appreciate the cookies for sure. 
Yeah, so I guess we're <laughs> going to find out how that happens. But I feel like if there were animals up there, there would be evidence of it. Yeah, there would be like some kind of droppings or fur or literal yeah. scratch marks. <laughs> Something. Yeah, I don't know. That's bizarre. So that's happening. But um, on a happier, more lighthearted note, Blue came to visit over Halloween. Yeah. And we had a fucking blast. Yeah. We went to uh, the horror museum here. Yeah, Greyface's Horror Museum. And Greyface is uh, the one who actually provides music for our shows now. And he's insanely nice, and his lady is insanely nice, too, and they're both super cool people. They're so sweet. They are, like, oh yay, the couple that every goth kid wants to grow up to be. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're so cool. They're so sweet. It's like Morticia and Adam. Morticia Adam's <laughs> <Yeah>. goals. <laughs> yes. And uh, the museum was so cool. The shit that he collects there is insane. Like, I can't even believe that one person, like, he just had this collection. Like, he just had it and w- decided, you know what, I'm going to, I have so much stuff, I should open up the museum. <laughs> and it's so cool how, um, like, when you're walking through, he comes up and he'll tell you, like, how he uh, accumulated it and some of the people that he's met along the way and like kind of like um, you just learn the adventures of obtaining some of the pieces in his museum, which make it that much more interesting. Yeah. And it's really cool and very personable. It was really fun. It sounds like a great like travel channel show or something. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's a self-guided tour, but he will pop in and just tell you these crazy, awesome facts. Like we were sitting there looking at this coffin with a skeleton in it. And he's like, oh, hey, that's my grandfather. <laughs> Skeletons? <laughs> so that is like 100 worth even traveling to savannah for just to check that out uh you know when there's not a a deadly pandemic going on oh and he has the largest collection of john wayne gacy stuff (laughs) ever like the paintings and stuff yeah when i say large it is large. Like, I didn't even know that John Wayne Gacy painted that fucking much. Like, never mind one person having all that stuff. That's wild. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. Uh, but then we went and had a picnic in the cemetery over at Bonaventure, which was absolutely darling. Gorgeous. It's so pretty there. It was so nice. It was, like, such a, like, beautiful October day, like, winds blowing over on the bluff there and all these you know beautiful live oaks with that dripping spanish moss and all these beautiful sculptures everywhere it was a lot of fun other than that we just watched a shit ton of movies and chilled and ate and it was like perfect halloween weekend yep uh blue what was your favorite movie there oh fuck we so okay so i know we talked about (laughs) in the last show but we definitely watched mandy finally yay i was like oh so good so good um, if there's anybody listening that knows any other movies that are similar to that vein, send them our way. Cause I, oh my God, that was so good. Just the visuals and the, um, storyline. And yes, Jackie, I have to say you were right. Nicolas Cage was actually a little, uh, panty dampening in that movie. A little bit hot. Yeah. That's literally the <laughs> only exactly. time I've seen him be hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> like that, that was the movie that Blue has waited her entire life to see, basically. Like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but one of the movies that I really, really liked was um, Bad Hair. It was so good. I don't even know how to explain it. It 
it haunted me. Like, I am scared of wigs now. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, have you seen it? No. Is that the one where it's kind of like the episode, the Treehouse of Horror? Is it Treehouse of Horror or just the Simpsons episode where uh, he gets the hair transplant and then it turns him evil? Yeah, kind of. Essentially, yeah. Okay. It's based on uh, old African-American lore about the Spanish moss um, used to um, use as a wig. I didn't know it was about Spanish moss. Yeah, it takes over yeah. bodies. It's incredible. It's it's set in the early 90s. Yeah. And it has that fucking 90s vibe so perfect. Like, <laughs> it's, like the clothing, the the music, the act. It's amazing. The fashions. Yeah. The fashions, like, so perfect in that. Like, I don't know who they got to uh, direct the fashion in that, but they were really on their shit. And they poke fun at uh, the genre in, like, subtle but really funny and ingenious ways. Like, to the point that I feel like if you're not a big horror watcher in general, you might not pick up on it. Mm -hmm. But those of us who, you know, have obsessed over horror our entire lives would be like, oh, shit, I see what they did there. Yeah, and Vanessa, like, I love it whenever they take a really big name and they are just totally like 100% bought into the character Vanessa Williams and it was so good she was so good (laughs) (laughs) she plays um like this woman who has made it in the industry and she's this high powerful CEO and then just like watching her trying to battle her weave was so good (laughs) so amazing but speaking of awesome movies we have a pretty big extended recommendation list for you guys this year we're just gonna Basically talk about things that we've seen that uh, or seen, read, played, enjoyed that is just the raddest shit ever. So, um, (laughs) Melissa, I'd like to hear from you first. What did you see? Uh, I didn't watch a lot of movies this year, I'll be honest. We have a a huge backlog of movies. And I don't know. I I think what I've realized after going through these this week was that um, my horror tastes as I get older are veering more into like the fantasy horror realm. Oh, yeah. And farther and farther away from realistic horror. So like I can't take like, you know, home invasion stuff anymore. Um, Slasher kind of stuff is like it's fun, but it's it's not really that interesting to me. So I get more and more like fantastical and kooky as I get older with my taste. Fair enough. (laughs) So the uh, one of the things that I saw this year that uh, was the first thing I thought of was Host, um, which was a Shutter film. Okay, is that the same thing as the uh, Japanese horror movie called Host? Or I don't think so. From what I read about it, this was a really small like indie thing. I think I read that they clocked it out in like twelve weeks. Wow. Like they oh, threw wow. this thing together. It was done. It was basically done like during quarantine. <laughs> the whole thing is on Zoom. The entire oh, wow. movie takes place on. On a Zoom call, yeah. That's creative. Interesting. I When I first went into, uh, I'll tell you the beginning of it, I thought like, because I did watch it like closer to quarantine time and I was kind of sick of doing Zoom calls. And, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can take like this much of a Zoom call for a whole movie. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it gets intense real fast. They did a fantastic job of building up tension in this movie. And I was really surprised at the end of it how much I enjoyed an entire horror film about Zoom calls. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, what's the word? Um, you know, ghosts and such. Paranormal. Paranormal. Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, kind of the new version of, of paranormal. It's, 
but without nice. the sh- without as much shaky camera because the cameras are actually sitting in a one place throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't make you feel nauseous. They solved that problem, right? <laughs> yeah, just, just film the whole thing through everybody's laptop camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's great. And I definitely recommend checking that out. And then I also saw The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I'm sure a lot of people watched. I wanted to talk about this one because I think this this one, unlike um, The Haunting of Hill House, this one had a lot of divisive opinions about it, I think. Yeah. People, like, loved The Haunting of Hill House, and this one was very, very different. But I appreciate it for how different it was. There, You know, it definitely wasn't without flaws. There were things that I think in this one were, I don't know, can I say, like, little missteps here and there, maybe? Okay. But overall, I think it was, again, it, it was another, the same people who did Haunting of Hill House. I think it was beautifully done cinematically. Like, it was just gorgeous to look at. The production was so nice. Um, the acting was good. Even the kids, the kids were really great, which, you know, was hard to have, like, good kid acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The kids were not terribly annoying. They were actually good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want them to die. <laughs> Um, no, it was really good. And I, it, it takes place, uh, I believe in the eighties, if I remember correctly. So it's a very different vibe than Hill House. It's a little less like Gothic Victorian horror and more like modern horror, but in like a big spooky house still. Nice. But a different, a different kind of vibe. Cause I think the relationships are a little bit more modern and like, you know, the conversations are more present day. So it, it was it was different than Hill House, but I thought it was very, very well done. And, you know, fun to see the same actors play, like, different people this time around. Yeah. I wanted to mention the Witcher TV series. I've heard a ton of good things about that. I loved it. Um, I think it might have, I think it might have technically, yeah, it started technically in 2019. But I'm throwing it into 2020. Yeah, it was great. The Witcher video game is one of the few games in my life that I've completed all the way to the end and played like all the DLC. <laughs> Couldn't stop playing it. And this is again, this is like a horror fantasy realm. So I I think it counts as horror. It's full of monsters. I mean, it's about a monster hunter. The monsters are done really well. So if you appreciate good like monster creation in movies and, and creature, nice. creature ghoulish stuff like this, they did a really great job in this, in this TV show. And... The um, fight scenes, the fight choreography was beautiful. I've watched tons and tons of like behind the scenes stuff about the show since I saw it, just to see like how they filmed some of the fight scenes in this because they were they were just like really really flowy, like not that there wasn't a lot of editing done. They I can't remember what it's called. My husband's in the room and he's probably annoyed with me. That I can't remember this right now, but <laughs> you know when they shoot like a long continuous yeah. scene yeah, yeah, yeah. of, oh, of the, action, the long and they don't shots. chop it up. Yeah. But there's some, and the costuming is is also amazing. If you guys, I, I think you guys appreciate really good like fantasy costuming too. And then I have one more that we just watched last night, which is interesting because what you were talking about earlier, Jackie, with your house reminds me a lot of this movie. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> we watched The Invisible Man last night. So is this the new one? Yeah, it's the new one. Nice. How was it? Fantastic. I loved it. Huh. Um, Elizabeth Moss stars in it, and she's so great. I haven't seen her since Mad Men. And I think she's amazing. Like, huge trigger warning on this, you guys. Huge trigger warning. There's a lot of abuse. This is a story of abuse. Yeah. Mental, like, mental, emotional, physical. Like, stay away from this if you're triggered by abuse stories. Um, it's, it's really tough. But 
in terms of a psychological thriller, like this this movie, I told my husband, I think like 20 minutes into the movie, I'm like, my jaw is hurting already so much. <laughs> I'm so tense <laughs> through the whole thing. I couldn't breathe. Um, it's a story of a, a woman who escapes her abusive, um, her abusive boyfriend, and he's the invisible man. And as you can imagine, this creates a lot of problems later. Yeah. yeah. She escapes and she doesn't really escape. And, you know, he's the invisible man. And so, yeah. So it's, it's I think it's really cool. It's a part of that whole um, universal where they're taking like the classic monster movie stories and relaunching them. They did really terrible with The Mummy and that mm-hmm. kind of flopped. <laughs> But this one is great, and it's really cool, different imagining of the story of the Invisible Man. It's very modern, you know? It's like, what if somebody now, in in this day, was able to do this, um, and how would they use it? And it's really, really intense, but it's really good. Very, very well-paced. Yeah, the previews for it looked really good, but like you said, just like... And like you got to be prepared for it emotionally. You do, you do. I mean, I it was it was really intense for me, and I don't think it necessarily triggered me. Um, but I the whole time I thought to myself, like, if anybody's lived this level of abuse in a relationship, this is going to be a really hard movie to sit through. Yeah, because it's super realistic and intense. Blue, what do you have for us? I don't have a lot um, because a lot of the movies that I've been trying to catch up on are ones that we've talked about on other shows. So I don't want to repeat anything that's already been said. But I am reading Hex 11 right now, which is a comic book by Lisa K. Weber and Kelly Sue Milano. It's about this dystopian future where uh, basically the only technology that's really left is magic and some some second-rate thieves stole some shit that these big wig people really want to get their hands on and it like that kind of typical storyline but the visuals in it are really cool i really like the character development it's not all serious it's um the characters are actually you know fairly realistic minus the magic part (laughs) (laughs) um but it's but it's cool and the outfits are cool um it's a really good read i like it so far nice and sierra how about you well, I have a couple of things. I also haven't really been watching a lot of movies. We watched all of Star Trek Next Generation, and now we're on to Deep Space Nine. Nice. So it's been a lot of, of that. Hell Not yeah. a lot of horror. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that I had wanted to share, and I'm really excited to share, is called Arcana. And it's an interesting, like, interactive game slash story that's told across social media it's interesting and hard to explain okay but the creators made like these fake instagram accounts and then they're telling the story across the like posts okay and it's this girl who's like being haunted by shit it's really interesting and fun and it feels like uh, it kind of scratches the same itch of like going and looking at all the people from your high school on the like on their Instagram. It has that fun like scrolling and can't stop reading kind of feeling to it. Okay, hmm. that sounds fun. So if you have time to kill, yes, it's very fun. Bookmarking um, that one right now. <laughs> How do you start up with it? Like, where do you find it? On their website, which is arcana-game.com. Um, you can go through and like read it yourself or there is a walkthrough like I think it's just a voice like podcast by the people who made it like talking through it talking through the story hmm. I feel like I might get this wrong I think it's it was live like earlier this year okay 
And so when it was live, it was like interactive, but now it's complete. Um, but you can go and still like experience it. That sounds so unique. <laughs> yeah. So you see, I love the idea of incorporating media in ways that is not normally used. Like right? they created all these profiles and you got to like bounce profiles. Like you have to do your own version of internet stalking, basically, to put <laughs> together a piece. That just sounds so cool. Yeah. it's It feels like watching like a creepypasta unfold or something. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. It like really hones in on people's innate desire to like cyber stalk other people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I played the fifth. Tom Boyer is a man. I just want to watch each other. <laughs> I love it. Besides that, I've been lo- listening to uh, the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast. Um, I think I've probably mentioned that on here before, but I've subscribed to their Patreon and started listening to all the back episodes because I got all caught up on their main feed. Nice. They're very fun. They're, they, uh, like to go to the weird, like esoteric kind of places, but then still be fun and like comedy grounded. Yay. And then the last thing I wanted to share was just shouting out some of the small businesses that I shopped this holiday season. Yes. um, That I think you guys would like. Yes, yes. The first one is Monster Shop. Uh, Their online, uh, their URL is monstermonster.shop. And they're a local store here in Seattle that host a bunch of different artists and they carry like a lot of crafty stuff, a lot of like stickers and apparel. I got a a ton of gifts from there. Uh, And there's a lot of really cool um, artists there. Uh, The next one is Cat Coven, which I know you guys will love. (laughs) Um, Cat Coven, they're very witchy uh, and crafty. Just clicked on it. Looks awesome. Have pins and jewelry. I know it's all this stuff that like I want to buy for myself, so I'll just buy it for other people. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one to shout out, of course, was Titty Bats. I know that uh, Jackie loves Titty Bats, too. Yep. Titty Bats is the best. One of the things that uh, has been bringing me a lot of joy this year is uh, wearing uh, tie-dye t-shirts for whatever reason. has just made me really happy. Nice. (laughs) Um, I have this tie-dye t-shirt with Lisa Simpson on it, and that has started this this trend. And... um, Titty Bats in his store. He has a tie dye upgrade for five bucks. If you buy one of the shirts, he'll tie dye it for you. So I've been treating myself. Seriously, that's awesome. Yes, isn't that such a good idea? <laughs> it really is. So his his website uh, is tbats.storeenv.com. I loved it for a minute there. He had all these like random tie-dyed t-shirts and he was just like screen printing the shit out of them. And he was like, all right, who wants this one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was so fun. It was so fun just to follow and see what he was doing. Yeah, he's super fun to follow on Instagram. I got uh, Snack Eyes recently, which is like Snake Eyes uh, dice. Um, (laughs) I got that one. Snack Eyes? I love it. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Titty Bass is local to uh, Savannah here. So you see a lot of like his stickers and pins and stuff mm-hmm. around. And it's always fun to be like, Titty Bats, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, I think I saw some Titty Bats pins at um, the Greyface Museum. And I th- oh, I bet they, I bet they know about each other. Those seem like two people who would be friends. Yeah. There actually was like an oddballs uh, art market over in uh, the Starland district, the art district here. And a lot of it was through the Graveface uh, record store. And Titty Bats always had a stall back there. Nice. Awesome. So they are 
conjoined in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's a-okay that you guys haven't been watching a lot of horror this year because holy shit, have I made up for it for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a hell of a list and like I've seen so much cool shit just within the couple the past couple of months that I'm so excited to share with you guys like seriously every time I watch one of these movies I'm like I gotta tell the girls are gonna love this yes <laughs> which I think is is pretty much why you told us we should record this episode Jackie was like we get a holiday episode in <laughs> Jackie's like I have a hell of a recommendation list we have to record yep yep <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start with uh, After Midnight. Um, this was one of my favorites this year. Uh, I, I think it actually came out a couple years ago, but this stuff, not all of it came out this year. It's just all shit that I've watched this year. <laughs> After Midnight is basically about a man struggling to get through uh, what seems like a breakup. He basically wakes up one morning, and the woman that he has loved and lived with for years is gone and left him a note saying, sorry, I can't do this. I'll see you later. Aww. So you're watching him trying to work through this and like all these flashbacks of him and his love just having a great time throughout the years. Uh, and then it cuts to his present where he's being attacked by a creature every fucking night that's trying to get into his house and kill him. Ugh. What? Every night. Like, like a succubus or something? Yeah. So he's like trying to tell his friends and uh, the other townspeople about it. And they're like, you're you're just overreacting to the breakup. You need to just get over it. Can you just suck it up, please? Wow. What year is this set in? Uh, it's it's like a modern kind of year. It's like okay. 2013, I want to say. You said townspeople. And I was, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I won't say any more than that. It is, it is a great movie. And it has uh, some really fantastic uh, elements to it. I highly recommend this one. We're going to skip to The Hole in the Ground. This is about a woman who takes her young son and moves to an idyllic English town to start over uh, after something that she doesn't really just get into. But you you get the impression that something major happened in her life to cause her to uproot and move to this new town. And uh, when they get there, you know, it's one of those kind of nice but also somewhat slightly creepy little towns where like everybody's kind of friends and they know each other but like some shit's going on you know like something's going on hmm. so the longer she's there she suspects that something isn't right with her son in regards to the town so that's a that's a great mystery that unfolds there this one came out earlier this year on netflix the devil all the time have you guys uh seen this one no no i've never even heard of it Oh, it's it's good. It's a it's a collection of stories that tie together kind of in the same vein as A Place Beyond the Pines. Which is always awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those stories, though, where, Blue, I don't think you should watch this. No one is a winner here. <laughs> oh, fuck no that one. shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> I need some sunshine. Yeah. Even when people are dying and there's corpses everywhere, I need a little sunshine. <laughs> this is, like, <laughs> as the title suggests, it's just a story that shows how each character has, like, evil evil tendencies all the time this is honestly worth watching just for robert pattinson's attempt at a southern baptist preacher accent alone (laughs) it is hilarious (laughs) oh fuck that makes me think i might be embarrassed for him watching it (laughs) oh my god it's bad like you should look up like youtube if you don't watch the movie at least just look up youtube videos of him with his with that fucking accent it is oh boy something to behold let me tell you (laughs) oh 
You know what? Now that you mention it, I I think I remember seeing a commercial for it and thinking like, oh, dear God, this man is going to be Batman? That's Fuck. We're honestly all what made me watch this is that I saw a fucking <laughs> video on Twitter with him doing that accent. Oh, God. But it also stars Tom Holland and Bill Skarsgård. And I would like literally follow this oh, two man. around for the rest of yeah. my days. So <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't mm-hmm. sold until the last line of this, <laughs> this review. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's uh, The Dark and the Wicked. And this is one of those movies that just feels heavy. Like, it's a Southern Gothic-style horror that takes place on a dying farm in the middle of nowhere. Two siblings go home to tend to their dying father and their deteriorating mother who does not fucking want them there. Mm. This is absolutely like a religion-based paranormal type of story. Uh, So it has, like, all those references to demons and the devil and that kind of thing, which personally I love. It just makes things more spooky to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but it has that unclean, impoverished, and desperate feel to it that is just absolutely palpable. It's it, it's one of those things that really brings you into the world. Nice. Freaky. Have any of you seen this? I was really surprised none of you mentioned this. No. No. Negative. Really? We watched the trailer for it just a couple days ago, though. It's so fun. It's a ridiculously hmm. hilarious Freaky Friday meets slasher film starring Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn. And it's written and directed by Christopher Landon, who's the guy that did the Happy Death Day movies. What? Yeah. I wonder if the show just didn't get very good press or like, you know, like it just feel like it fell through the cracks for me. I didn't see anything about it. It must have like, it's so hilarious and fun. Like, just imagine, like, Vince Vaughn is, uh, you know, he's an urban legend killer, okay? And he's, like, this big, creepy fucking dude that just wants to kill everybody. And Catherine Newton, <laughs> naturally, is this young, pretty, blonde high school girl. And they switch places. So just take one second there. What? <laughs> to think about Vince Vaughn oh. in that place. <laughs> This sounds so good. He's so good at it. I mean, Catherine Newton is absolutely amazing in it too. Don't don't get me wrong, but Vince Vaughn is something else here. Like, <laughs> it's fantastic, and I like highly suggest you put this at the top of your watch list. Oh God, to see Vince Vaughn like do like the Valley Girl like handshaking thing when they get excited. He's, like, oh, I need to see this now. It's wonderful. You're gonna love it. Yes. And then there's the Mortuary Collection, which like I feel like I'd been waiting on this series on this uh, movie for like a couple of years, just because I, I feel like I'd been hearing about it for a couple of years and thought it came out a couple of years ago, but couldn't find it. I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. This is basically if white people did Tales from the Hood, mm-hmm. uh, but it has no social commentary and slightly less funny, but it is still worth the watch. Mm. And uh, that one I know is like right on the homepage of Shudder for the past like couple months. So oh, okay, they're pushing it hard. <laughs> it's a fun watch, but it's not it's not as big as they're building it up to be. But seriously, it is a fun watch. Right on. Lastly, I'm going to head back up to the top of my list here because this one is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Anything for Jackson. Have you guys heard of this one? Never heard of it. Mm-mm. Not a word. Yeah, I didn't hear about it until a friend mentioned it. But this is absolutely one of my favorite things that I've seen in a couple of years. Hmm. Um, I don't really want to say too much about the movie because the premise is really what makes it, but I will say that it's about an adorable older couple <laughs> trying to get the grandson back. 
and the ghosts that they encounter along the way. Hmm. This is a wonderfully unprecedented story, and it has gruesome and incredible effects. This movie goes hard. It's so fun. But it was the kind of thing where uh, after I watched it, I texted the friend that uh, that recommended it to me saying, I think I need a nap now. Like, uh, yeah. this was a lot. I, I need to sleep for a few hours after watching this. This was so much. Huh. In that very, very fun kind of way. Right on. So if there's anything you take away from my mess, massive recommendation list this year, please let it be that one. Or freaky. <laughs> I've definitely got to see freaky. Yeah. I just, I all I can imagine now is Vince Vaughn in one of the outfits from Clueless. It's so funny. <laughs> <You're kind of> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's it for my massive list. So I want to hear what you guys are excited to see for this upcoming year, or you know, play or read or whatever, whatever it is. What are you excited about? Oh, there's so much good stuff that's coming out next year. It looks like dive in. Uh, One of the things that I've been seeing a lot for um, is Clarice on CBS. Supposedly, it takes place the year after the Silence of the Lambs happening and uh, where Clarice is deciding to get back into the field and start hunting for killers again. Hmm. So I'm really curious to see how it goes. Um, CBS is doing really well with their shows lately, so I actually think it'll be worthwhile I love anything Silence of the Lambs, so I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be right there as soon as they start coming out. I'm super stoked for it. Um, another one that's coming out that I just learned about today actually is Spiral, which is gonna be another one of the Saw movies. Oh, yeah, I'm a I love the Saw series. Um, when Saw first came out a million years ago, um, I met the guys who wrote it and produced it and everything, and they are the nicest guys. Oh, that's cool. We were at like a, a sneak premiere or whatever, and um, they were super cool. They stayed after the movie afterwards and like they answered like every single question that people had. Like they were really there to um, to like, you know, like they were fans too. Like they're huge horror mm-hmm. fans. So they wanted to put together like the ultimate horror movie. So I have a total soft spot for the Saw movies because of that. So I'm really excited to see where they're going to start taking it. I mean, like uh, the, you know, the main guy, the main bad guy is dead and. Like, I'm really, I'm really curious. I really want to see. I didn't want to read too much on what it's about because I don't like doing that with movies that I'm excited for. Yeah. Because then I, I work it up too much in my head, but I'm really excited for it. Okay. So I watched uh, the trailer for this earlier, just like coincidentally as well. And I did notice, however, that it was about somebody preying on police officers. And in this time, in the social climate, I wonder how they're going to, uh, garner sympathy for cops i want to see how that plays out yeah and isn't chris rock in it chris rock produced it oh fuck yeah wow i thought he was i thought he was like one of the main stars because i saw i just saw the picture for it no he is one of the main stars as well he he produced it and he's and he's starring in it oh that's badass oh yeah i'm super excited i like a lot of what he does he's really talented so i'm super stoked yeah so blue i just want to say um the I don't know who you're talking about specifically with Saw, but the creators James Wan and Lee Whannell, who does like I guess a lot of the writing for James Wan's movies, um, like Insidious, he did too. But he also um, directed and worked on um, The Invisible Man. Oh, nice! Wait, awesome. Was it James Wan that you met? I honestly I can't remember their names. I remember their faces, but it was the two guys that it was in the very beginning, the ones who created Saw and. 
yeah. came up with the whole first story. So that's James Wan and Lee, Lee Winnell. Yeah. If you met James Wan, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture of James Wan's face because he's like whore <laughs> royalty these days. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good with people. So, <laughs> like, I'm not good with. I'm not very good with games and I don't do the whole movie star thing, but yeah, I don't know. They were really rad. I would not have made that connection uh, except for the fact that my husband said it to me several times when we watched the movie last night. This is the guy from Saw. This is Lee Whannell from Saw. Um, So yeah, then you mentioned them like that. That's the guy who made the invisible man. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad that he's doing a lot more stuff because like I said, they were super nice and really devoted to like the whole horror genre. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, I love hearing when people are just really good people and they're doing the shit that they love. Yeah. It warms my little black heart. (laughs) (laughs) So the next thing I want to uh, talk about is The Children of the Corn. Yet another um, old movie that's um, been done a hundred million times and it's being done kind of again. This one, though, is going to be a prequel. Um, So I'm really excited to see. I'm wondering if it's going to be sort of like... um, What was the name of that movie? Was it Children of the Damned? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of Children of the Corn esque, but they were aliens. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're gonna take that route. Like, I'm I don't know. I'm really excited to see what how they're gonna explain the start of t- Children of the Corn, and super stoked for it. <laughs> and then um, I saw Midsummer recently, so of course now I'm completely obsessed with Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. So I was. <laughs> looking up um some of his next projects and i think one of them he said is going to be like a four-hour comedy horror that's too much that's that's uh, he needs to calm down (laughs) well the um the production company that um has like is uh contract is um contracted with him i guess is just sort of like Bro, you're a golden egg. Do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Whoa, wait, hereditary. Wait, and now we have met. No, fuck it. Here's here's a blank check, homie. Go yep. for it. Woo." <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm interested to see where that one goes. But then he's also teaming up with the same studio that did Parasite, and they're going to remake a movie called Save the Green Planet, which is a Korean classic, and it's going to be a version done in English. So I'm really excited to see how and what he does with that. Why do we get a Soylent Greens vibe from that title? Oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited. The premise of that is that uh, a beekeeper kidnaps a businessman because he thinks he's an alien. <laughs> and just what kind of happens from there. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm really, I'm really excited to see. It. Like, I, I am tempted to watch the classic and then see the remake. Yeah. Although sometimes that kind of messes it up for me. So I'm really curious to see how it goes. I mean, at this point, I totally agree with A24. Ari Aster's a badass. Just fucking throw my money at him. Whatever. <laughs> Give it to me. So that's what I'm super stoked for this year, including some of the other things you guys have listed. Sierra, did you put uh, the Conjuring the Devil made me do it on here? I sure did. Coming out June 4th. I am s- <laughs> psyched for that. Hell yeah. Summer 2021 is going to be fun. There's Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. And then June 11th, the day before my birthday, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm so excited! Which I'm very curious about. Can't wait to see that. It looks good. In August, you get Don't Breathe 2 and then the Candyman remake, which is going to be so good. So cool. I have been dying for this movie to come out. Yeah. 
That's going to be so good. Is Jordan Peele working on that? Yep. That's yep. That's Jordan Peele's adaptation. Yeah. When they announced that forever ago, I have been like clamoring to see this. Yeah. So I am so stoked. Jordan Peele is another one that I was just gladly throw my money at. Like, yep. <laughs> just mm-hmm. take my money. Make whatever yeah. you want, dude. I'm there. <laughs> oh, he's so good. So fucking talented. And then Don't Breathe was one that I was surprised by that that first movie being so good. Yeah, yeah. That it took such a such a dramatic turn. Yeah. Um, that I'm very curious to see what it's feels like. It's been a long amount of time since that movie came out too. So I'm curious to see like what they have to add to that story. It seems strange to put a sequel on it now. Like, right? It seems like if they were going to do it, they would have done it earlier. But right? Yeah. Well, let's see where it goes. I liked the first one, so I'm very interested about the second one. I'm excited to see Ghostbusters Afterlife because there's kids involved and the Ghostbusters fans are just, they're like Star Wars fans sometimes. They just take things way too seriously. And I was really annoyed by how critical people were of the last Ghostbusters movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really bummed. Anybody takes Ghostbusters seriously? Well, you know, like you saw my pajamas. No, 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 no. Ghostbusters pajamas. Well, it didn't have this car in it, and it didn't have that in it, and they didn't say this, and they didn't mention that person, and like, oh my god, no, that is just God. I hate people that gatekeep horror like that. Yeah, I agree. That's just that's just bullshit. Whatever. I have a friend (laughs) who has been the same Ghostbusters character for Halloween every year since I've known him. That's a lot of fun. Built a really cool proton pack that actually, like, functionally has gears and shit. You know, he's an he's IBM Hell nerd. yes. But the problem is, he's such a nerd about Ghostbusters, he won't accept, like, anything that's not completely 100% true to the original form. And, like, he he wouldn't <laughs> even see the new Ghostbusters Tell movie. him he needs to oh, chill. No. <laughs> it's not like they're taking away the old ones. The old ones still exist. No. That's the thing, right? It doesn't destroy the thing you enjoyed before. You could still enjoy the old ones. Yeah, so I'm excited for one with kids in it. So a Wolfman movie. What's going on there? <laughs> what's going on? And that's a James Wan one? Yeah, uh, well, th- not James Wan. Um, oh, the other what guy, did right. did I just say his name? It's the other he guy, Lee. That, and I already forgot. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this, uh, the same, they're working on Wolfman and um, Ryan Gosling. Is supposed to be starring in this, yeah. What? what? Oh, hello. I'm there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, bite me, baby. Like you can already <laughs> picture it, right? It works. Uh, I'm excited about that. That's coming. I'm excited. Super excited about Quiet Place too. I love the Quiet Place. I'm really curious about how because it's a sequel, and whenever they have movies that kind of follow how the first one ended. It's usually and it usually ends up like a fight movie. So I'm really curious. I mean, the first one was amazing. So uh, I'm torn. I'm torn on whether or not I'm excited for that one or not. I'm very excited about it. I thought the first one was just so original. I'd never seen anything like it. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So, you know, and it's cool to see like brand new directors do awesome things like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. One of my suggestions, I'm cheating a little bit. It came out this year, but I haven't seen it yet. So I'm putting it on my looking forward to list because I want to see it, uh, which is Kingdom season two. What's Kingdom? Uh, I talked about this back when we did Sirens regularly at one point, but Kingdom is a really cool South Korean um, TV series that you can watch on Netflix. It's a zombie show uh, about a zombie outbreak, but it's got this like, it's not about the zombies. It's about this like political... Um, royalty story that's happening in the background. 
And it's just this, like, you get to see these, like, beautiful scenes of, like, the, the countryside and these big royal castles. And, yeah, it's just, it's really, really cool. And it's just, um, it is Korean, so subtitles. Hell yeah. They do the zombie makeup and the zombie work really well. Um, it's it's intense, but there's also, like, a really nice, like, dramatic storyline and plot happening that is really more important than the zombie outbreak around it. So I thought that was a really cool show. And I forgot that the second season came out this year. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Cool. And there's a video game coming out that's not horror, but I have to tell you guys about it because you'll love it. Mm -hmm. It's coming out on PlayStation, PlayStation 4 and 5, and it's called Stray. And it is an exploration game where you get to play as a cat exploring a futuristic robot occupied city. I would play that. That sounds like fun. I you you wander around a city. I believe it might also be Korea is where it's supposed to be based. Hmm. The graphics on it are nice. They're very pretty. It's really pretty. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, robots, cats, and like a futuristic city. <laughs> I don't even care what I have to do. I don't care if I'm just picking garbage out of trash cans, you know? <laughs> uh, I just put a couple on here. Um, honestly, I just kind of take things as they come, really. Um, <laughs> so I put the stand series on here. <laughs> That's the noise I have to make. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about it, basically. <laughs> I take it that's not one you're looking forward to. <laughs> it is. I make weird noises. That was a good noise. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's not looking promising for this, really. Uh, like, it's already got, uh, it's already down to like 50% in ratings. Uh, but, like, it did have some some things to it that seemed like it was going in a decent direction. Like, uh, Randall Flagg was being played by Alexander Skarsgård, and uh, Mother Abigail was uh, being played by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, interesting. Who looks amazing as that character. Does she? We we have, like, the first episode on the server, but haven't watched it yet. Oh! Oh, so watching it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, The Stand is one of my very favorite Stephen King books. And I read it when I was pretty young, and I kind of want to read it again before I see this. But again, if you read the original and then you immediately watch something that someone has to put in a different medium, it kind of fucks things up. So I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really obsessed with it coming out. Um, I kind of because I feel like you and I talked about it, and we were both like, could be good, could be bad. Uh, there's all these promising factors that's showing up. Yeah. And I even made the suggestion like maybe we could get together and like watch the original stand movie and then watch the new one and then kind of take a break in between and talk about it. And I don't know, I think that might be an interesting show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I'm super, I don't know. I'm stoked and torn and stoked and torn and mostly stoked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. I, I also am <laughs> still really annoyed that they tapped Amber Heard for this. Like why, why did they think that was a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. That's one of the things where, uh, why? Uh, whatever. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was uh, just a trailer I happened to see earlier today for uh, The Empty Man, uh, which looks like it's going to be a fun, Bloody Mary type urban legend story, which, like, those are, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. those are fun times. So I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a Stephen King story, too, right? Is it? The Empty Man? I thought it was. No, it was based on, oh, it was based on something by Cullen Bunn. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, you mean our friend, our close person friend? Our friend, friend Colin Bunn. <laughs> close person friend. <laughs> uh, Colin Bunn, just for listeners, he did uh, the comic uh, uh, Harrow County. 
And uh, we actually had him on the show a couple of years ago. So. Yeah. He's done like a hundred horror comics. He's all over the place. <laughs> right. Yeah. He does He does a lot, but <laughs> that was mainly that's, what we were talking about. That's why it sounded familiar to me. I remember that name though. Empty Man. Super excited for that. That makes me more excited about it, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, Sierra, there's something that you wanted to do before we wrap up here. Tell us about it. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I lifted this directly from Bigfoot Collectors Club, which I mentioned earlier. But they uh, did a fun little divination experiment together to end one of their episodes. And I thought that would be really fun for us to do. See if uh, we can combine our witchy powers to come up with some kind of... uh, I don't know, message to take into the new year, a uh, fortune, um, see, see if there, uh, anything kind of rings true. Let's do it. Hmm. So to do this, uh, we each will grab a book that's nearby and open to just a random page. And you can either like point to a word or just notice what is the first thing that you read. And those things together, we'll see uh, if they make any bit of sense at all. Okay. I record in my closet, so I don't know if I have a book in Yeah, here. I was not <laughs> prepared for this. I have one book next to me, and it's called the Don't Laugh Challenge Goat Edition. <laughs> I have the user manual to my microphone, so. I have the Paperbacks from Hell book over here, but it's, like, just out of reach, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Stretch! So I have something D&D related that we're going to pull from. Oh, there we go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is going to be interesting as fuck. Okay, ready? Yes. Let's do it. Oh, mine is uh, good mood. Mine is enchantment. <laughs> Mine's open sound settings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see that? Yeah, that predicted uh, all the problems we had getting ready to record tonight. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a line. Do it. They were both nice animals and that they were patient and calm, unlike, say, the chicken from hell. I was the chicken. I was the one saying, do this, do that. (laughs) I feel like the good mood and patient and calm feel like they're jiving together. Yeah. I definitely feel like this goes with that, like, whole, like, with um, Saturn and Jupiter doing their thing recently and just... Mm-hmm. The age of Aquarius. Yep. Everybody talking about, like, opening up your third eye and, like, becoming one with your soul. And I don't know. I feel like this kind of goes with that. The good mood, enchantment, open sound settings could be a weird metaphor. The chicken from hell is the surprise for the year. It's an omen. Yep, it's an omen. Something we've got to look <laughs> look out for in 2021. Everybody just mm-hmm. sneak by the fucking chicken. Don't touch yeah. the chicken. <laughs> Avoid feathers. Avoid feathers at all costs. Uh, I think we've got 2020 wrapped up, and I don't know about you guys, but I am damn glad it's about over here. Fuck 2020. <laughs> To our listeners, thank you so very much for joining us. We literally could not do this without you. We're positively delighted to be able to close out another year with you and our our lovely little horror listeners. And we deeply look forward to spending the next year with you as well. Maybe. We'll see. You know. <laughs> I mean, you can expect about like three episodes like this year, you know? That's Yeah, baseline. I mean, that seems to be our part. <laughs> You can search us down for more horror-filled things on Facebook and Instagram as Sirens Pod or Twitter as Sirens Podcast. We definitely don't ignore our social handles. There's totally stuff there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can reach out to us directly at Sirens at SirensToScream.com. Sierra, where can listeners find you? At Sierra Hauk 
on Instagram and Twitter. And Blue, how about you? I'm uh, Blue Ironworker on Insta. And Melissa, how about you? You can find me at Lissa Punch on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. The end music for this episode is Bud the Chud from Chud 2 by Nicholas Pike. Music is furnished by Terror Vision. You can visit them at terror-vision.com. Thank you again. We hope to see you again soon and watch out for that chicken. Fuck the chicken! <laughs> <laughs>